0: When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system.
1: Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.
2: Big pick set out on top, but the ball is loose. And oh, now they get it to see that it's going to be Louisville in front. Oh,
1: I shook up the world. In BCS bowl terms, you guys shook up the world. Oh, I'm the king of the world. Hold it, hold it, hold I'm it. Pretty. Hold it. You're not that pretty. I'm a bad
0: man. A I, bad bad. Bad. I shook up the world. First and third, two The 2-2 from Eggy. Swing and a miss.
2: Welcome into another edition of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch. Zach Cantrell behind the glass. zach <laughs> You know, it always <laughs> makes me laugh. You know what we do at LSL, all things UFL football, basketball, and recruiting, and we're going to focus on all three of those topics tonight. Team Money, how are you? I do promise I, I do miss you, and I do miss your must. You know. Um, but ugh, carpool
3: duties—that's all right, dude. You're over there, you yeah, know. Field dad, hockey, dad, dad non-expert so, mode. I get um, it.
2: You know, so we'll reunite um, in the flesh at some uh, point. One day, one one day, soon. Uh, a lot to get into tonight. Uh, our friend Ty Spalding, publisher at CardinalSports.com, will join us to kick off hour number two. Um, let's discuss, hey, I mean, you know, Louisville basketball lost another game, but let's, let's talk about the portal prince.
3: Bruh. Right? The, the Jeff portal Brom, king.
2: King?
0: He's too prince. old to be a prince, I feel like. I think we have to okay. go king on him. Let's do when it. When you have the number one uh, class, it's good. To, number one, that represents king. I think yes. we gotta go with king.
3: Jeff Brom, a.k.a. Like my liege. <laughs> good governor.
2: <laughs> Dearest Governor Brom. Uh, Yeah, man, I'm telling you, Tamarion McDonald, Wesley Walker, two of the newest additions from Tennessee. And, gentlemen, I like the fact that um, as much as we, you know, as much as we get annoyed talking about the conference, I mean, if you look at this this, uh, portal hall of 24 guys, I mean, several of them come from the SEC. And I know it just means more, um, but you have talented guys who Louisville battled with um, that are very talented and won out over some big-name programs. And so when you were talking about last week the need for, just like last year with the offensive line, this year the secondary, um, both talent, speed, skill, depth are all needed. Uh, Coach Brahman company went out and um, got a very talented haul to Marion McDonald, a safety prospect, 6'2", 208, Wesley Walker, 6'1", 200. I'm telling you, uh, very impressive haul. Another safety from Oklahoma, Dave McCullough, 6'1", 180. The list goes on and on. And, Taylor, I think uh, Friday night, by and large, was the biggest, um, arguably the biggest get of this portal class. Penny Boone. Yes. um, I mean, he's going to be worth a lot more than a penny to the cards in terms of the run game. Um, he is How long are you sitting tanks. on that
3: one? He's been sitting on that one for a while. You know it.
2: I, I'll be quite honest with you, gentlemen. I just uh, I just made that
3: up. Look, you were a poet, and you didn't even know it.
2: Yeah. I'm rhyming always on time, and it's not a crime. i mm. sound like a lemon lime. What? Mm. What? Come here. Give me a beat, huh? Uh. Uh, Penny Boone is a tank. 6'1", 240, has speed, refuses to go down at, at first contact. But I don't know if you gentlemen saw this. Jalen Kimber. Um, who committed, I think, on New Year's Eve, yeah, um, is reportedly potentially going to Penn State, Penn State. Yep. And that happened with um but that listen, that happened with uh, Tamarian McDonald. he was going to Ole Miss. and so uh, this this portal stuff, man, I mean, that's why these coaches make the money they do. It is a nonstop uh, recruitment of guys, not only on your roster but but attracting more talent um every year now it's free agency in college football
3: absolutely but i mean you mentioned some of the guys some of the schools that these guys are leaving to come to louisville obviously you mentioned tennessee with the two starting safeties from tennessee now leaving coming here to louisville but you've also got transfers from texas a&m oklahoma houston north carolina texas tech the team up the road ohio state miami alabama like you're not talking about and and you you've got some from Yale and Harvard and San Diego State, UCF and and Pitt and some South Alabama, but Louisville's not just getting dudes that are, you know, unknown or or lower level guys and and yeah. bringing them up here to 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 punch up at the Power 5 level. Like you're getting guys from other Power 5 schools and you're getting guys from other Power 5 schools within the ACC with Miami and North Carolina that are transferring to Louisville. And, and you saw that USC game and the, and the way that Louisville secondary played in that USC game. And you knew coming Oof. out of that that Brahm and, and his staff were going to go to work on that secondary because that was going to be... It was an area of weakness uh, and it was going to be an area that they were going to need to improve. And... They've done that in the transfer portal with the guys that they're bringing in, but also we haven't heard for certain that Quincy Riley's not coming back. So yeah. no, I didn't even. And think all about indications that. keep that in Listen, mind as all well. All
2: indications are that he is going to be coming back. Nothing official, um, but the rumblings have been um, that he'll be coming back. I think we're going we're going to know this week, one way or the other. But um, uh, the vibe is. He's gonna return, and, and gentlemen, if that's the case, I mean Oof. the secondary. I'm gonna feel as good about the secondary as I did this season about the offensive line. You have talent, yep. you have depth, you have speed. Um, not necessarily like speed on the offensive line, but you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that was it as a, an area of need, and the staff targeted, addressed it. And they brought in some dudes uh, to shore up that side of the ball, that position group. Super excited. As good as we feel um, about
0: the defensive line, I would say that's where the speed can be a factor. They've gone out and gotten a haul on the defensive line, not to mention Ashton Jalati coming back.
2: Yes, man. I tell you, if you get Quincy Riley alongside Jalati, uh, man, and then you get you got um, you got Watts at the linebacker, you got Ben Perry. You have your talented studs there. T.J. Capers, remember the five-star kid that, that um, didn't play, was getting back to 100% this offseason. You had M.J. Griffin cool. coming back from injury. Yes, yes. So, I mean, M.J. Griffin, you can make the argument that he was the best player of the secondary last year. Yep. And you have him coming back um, with all the, the, the portal ballers with Quincy Riley, man. Um, it's a lot to get excited about, and you know Louisville's going to have a uh, tougher schedule too. So um, it's good that they have that talent um, where they need it, because uh, if we, if we want to continue on this on this path of you know are we, are we going to ratchet it up a little bit it, instead of saying maybe eight or nine wins a year, maybe you are looking for double digit wins for the foreseeable future. Uh, I don't know. That schedule is going to be a little bit tougher, but man, you got you got a lot of talent to work with. And but listen, this is what we brought. brought brawn back home uh to win some ball games and to be highly competitive in this offseason to attract as much talent as possible and it's hard to argue if uh two of the two of the three major recruiting services have you number one in the portal
0: and they have the depth now which they didn't really have last year and we saw it on display late in the season you know they didn't have the second third string guys that were ready to go like i think they will be this year and now you're going up against a more difficult schedule next year you know, they got pretty relatively lucky when it came to injuries. Sometimes that turns against you the next year. So now it's it's yeah. nice to have that kind of depth. And I like that Jeff Brom, unlike another coach here, will see that he's going against Alabama or he's going against Ohio State or he's going against Georgia. And he puts his you-know-what on the table. He's like, you know what? I'm selling this kid. We're He's coming to Louisville. He's coming here yeah. to a big city. We're ready to win an ACC championship or compete for it. I don't care who I have to go up against to get this guy. I'm going to get him. I'm going to make an impact because I am that good at recruiting, and Jeff Brom has certainly managed to do that. You want to go against guys that are you know, competing for championships, national titles. You don't want to be, oh, this guy has a Maryland offer and a Lipscomb offer. Congratulations. That guy probably isn't that good at football. You want to go get guys that have offers from – texas and alabama and georgia yep. because those guys yeah. if those staffs think that guy's pretty good those are the guys you need to be getting
2: absolutely eighty-one fifty 9 is the number the ups shoves text signs 38 31 93, 9 so what taylor for you um give me from this portal hall give me your i guess game breaker if you will offensively and defensively what's what's the top top dude you're most excited about um, heading into next season?
3: I mean, obviously, watching him on film I, at Penny Boone, and we, we talked about him a little bit earlier. I mean, he, dude's a truck. And to watch the way he runs, and yeah, he played in the MAC, and you, know, you, you say what you will, but skill is skill and talent is talent. And regardless of who he's playing against, when you watch him play, you watch some of the things that he's able to do, just the freak athleticism that he has, the ability – to just run over dudes and I think we're going to get to a point here in the next couple of years with the transfer portal and the way that things are going in in college football and college athletics as a whole you're not going to see that much of a difference in body type from say a Toledo and uh a pittsburgh or a toledo and a south carolina or or something like that like you're gonna start now skill level and athleticism and that sort of thing yeah but body type depth
2: a little bit yeah in depth
3: but but body size speed like that sort of stuff you're not gonna you're gonna start to see less and less of a of a difference and when you watch him go against guys and just plow grown men over i don't care if you're at the mac level or you're at the sec or the acc or whatever when you're mowing dudes over that are grown men that's impressive and that's what penny yep. boone can do so seeing him here in this offense if jeff Brom wants to play a similar style to the way that they played this year and obviously i think they're going to air it out more and i think they're going to be they're going to add more to the offense but penny boone is going to be a major player in what louisville wants to do offensively so i look at him and i'm really excited about what he brings to the table obviously i'm excited about colin Lacey and what he can do louisville has really they had jamari thrash this season but they really didn't have anybody as like a number two to jamari thrash so bringing in colin Lacey to have that type of impact that jamari had but then also to bring in some other guys and i'm sure you'll touch on a couple of them but to bring in some other guys and bolster that wide receiver room and give you like a 1a 1b 1c type of thing i think it's going to be is going to be huge for for louisville and i'm defensively i'm super excited to see what thor griffith can do like i'm sure. really really excited to see what he does uh at that defensive tackle position
2: yeah, that's right. I'll start off um, with with Thor. Not only a name, he might be a four-star prospect in the portal, but it's a five-star name. Uh, I want to. Yeah, I'm excited about him at the most defensively. Again, when you talk about um, defense in the secondary, I love the the Tennessee additions. Uh, but then yep. you know, having M.J. Griffin back will be huge if Quincy Quincy Riley um, comes back. And again, there's solid indications that he will. Um, You have to feel good about the secondary. And then you have some guys not only returning uh, with Neal, but then you also have, again, your portal hall guys that are going to be competing. We said Walker, McDonald. uh, You have some other guys, too, Holloway from UNC. I'm not going to count Jalen Kimber. I do think uh, he's going to be off to Penn State, and that's fine. And when you have this much depth now, um, you can afford to, to lose Corey Thornton um a cornerback from UCF uh, that was that cast his lot with the cards a couple of weeks ago so you have some guys in there good size good speed they can provide that depth and, and talent and i think speed more so i mean those the secondary against usc looked like they were just walking in, in concrete yeah uh, they needed an upgrade with speed and i think with these guys Based on their tape, I mean, they, they're they going to bring um, a lot of speed uh, to a, a position that you need. So, offensively, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as well. I, I'm going to give Penny Boone the edge uh, because of uh, once Gorindo, you know, announced that he was going in the NBA. Or NBA, well, I mean, kudos to him if he did. <laughs> uh, very talented athlete. Once he announced he was going to NFL draft, then you're like, okay, well, you're going to have to get – Somebody, I love, of course, Don Chaney from Miami, but I th- I feel like he is more like Gorindo was to Jordan. I feel yeah. like that's that's going to be Chaney to Boone this year. So I, I'm excited for them. Uh, you already mentioned Lacy. Um, I'm intrigued um, with Antonio Meeks. Okay, this is this is a kid um, from the D two level, six one ninety. Um, crazy speed, put up insane numbers. Uh, Two four seven ranked him as an 88, which is a very high three-star prospect, top 75 wide receiver in the portal. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what he can bring, um, because I think he's going to be probably that first receiver in that rotation, uh, if you want to say coming off the bench. I mean, I think that's what I mean. You got Lacey, Bell. Um, and so, those are going to be, uh, I think, a lot of the, the receivers, Ja'Cory Brooks, those are going to be your starting three receivers, in my opinion, in a way too early projection for football. If, great size, good speed, et cetera.
3: If Louisville gets Ja'Cory Brooks twenty twenty-two, yes, then this Louisville offense will be deadly. I mean, if he this year he was injury plagued for most of the season, but the year before that he was the leading receiver at Alabama, and if he can recreate that magic this year with this offense, I mean, you're looking at a another trip to Charlotte. Yeah, yeah.
0: Ja'Kory Brooks, if fully healthy, he can be the best receiver. That they've had the last He'd be two years. The best years. receiver in the ACC. Yeah, he, that's out there because he was, as you mentioned, the league receiver for Alabama. He was one of the biggest factors in that offense, which made Bryce Young the number one overall pick. He's got speed. He's got some size. Like it, he's one of those guys that I can't believe ended up at Louisville. I'm surprised <laughs> he didn't, you know, end up being one of those Alabama first round wide receivers that they've had for right. the last decade plus. He's got that kind of talent.
2: See, and that's and that's why. Um, it, it's so exciting with, with football, too. And it's a big if, but if Tyler Shuck stays healthy, Dude. now you have a quarterback that can make those throws. He's not going to put air under the ball on those deep balls. He's right. going to hit his receivers in stride down the field 40, 50 yards. And then you have dudes like a Ja'Cory Brooks, like a Colin Lacey, like a Chris Bell that can that can make plays on the ground, and then you have a solid one-two punch in Boone and Cheney, and, and I hope the the one player offensively that doesn't get talked enough about, because he's a freshman and didn't play very much, is Keewan Brown. I do not want him in the portal. Uh, I am uh, very yep. high on that young man. I think he would be – I mean, I think um, in the very limited action that he got, and I get it, it's one game against Murray State, whatever – but I saw some shiftiness. I saw, you know, low to the ground can, can either, you know, juke past his man or run somebody over. So you saw that. And, again, the small sample size that he played. But I want Keon Brown in the fold in, the, in this running back group because, um, you know, as, as deadly as Jordan and Garendo were, we didn't have – they didn't have a receiving group that could complement them. Because you again, just like we had with Tyler Hudson under SAT, we had him, and then a couple of other guys. You had Thrash and a couple of other guys that now went off to other schools. And again, we hear with our friends that uh, you know tout the SEC all day long. I mean, you know, you had your receivers Kevin Coleman went to Mississippi State, Amari uh, Huggins, Bruce went to South Carolina. Last I checked, those two teams are in the or in the SEC. So, you know, the ace the little ace must not be that bad.
0: Yeah, it does. <laughs> so it means so much uh, they didn't even play in the national championship game this year. Yeah. <laughs> exactly.
2: So, um I'll tell you this. Uh, the top twenty five was released late or I guess early this morning at around one forty five, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Uh, Louisville finished 19th. Um, gentlemen, I think that's a very fair ranking when all things uh, all things said and done. Surprised, or was that right around where you thought Louisville would land?
3: It's where I thought they would be. I thought they would be somewhere around 17, 18, 19, uh, maybe even 20. Just They had such a strong start to the season. Uh, it did not end the way anybody wanted it to end. But I think a lot of that ranking is based on, yes, the overall body of work is solid. But also, let's not act like the fact that they are dominating in the transfer portal in the off season does not have something to do with where voters are putting them in the final AP and where you're seeing them in some of these preseason way too early top 25s for next mm-hmm. season as well. Yeah. Yeah, No, I was pleasantly
0: surprised actually that they were 19th. I thought they'd get dinged a little more for losing to USC, but I think the voters saw enough. You know, they beat Notre Dame. That's a big win. They played in the ACC Championship game. And I know we used to use this as the metric in the past as a springboard, was bowl games. Now I think we're using the portal as the springboard. So I think there's a ton of momentum on that side, obviously. And the marquee wins they got, I I thought they would be. 22 or 23 I'm was pleasantly surprised to see that they made the top 20 and the voters should be commended for that and I thought because voters typically tend to overreact to bowl games I don't think they do that anymore
2: yeah I'm with you there I I haven't seen guys you know chime in if you've seen other polls I know Athlon has Louisville at 23 I think ESPN has the cards at 22 Uh, there's a couple of others that doesn't have anybody else or doesn't have Louisville ranked yet um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go check on that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I would I would expect, by and large, Louisville to be around that 21 to 25 range in the preseason in a variety of polls. I mean, it looks like we've already seen that uh, to a certain extent in some of them.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it was it's so crucial to to have the type of season Louisville had and to start in the transfer portal and in the offseason the way that they have to get themselves ranked in the preseason polls because, you know, if this team next season does what I think a lot of us think that they're probably capable, capable of doing, which is getting close to replicating what they did this season. And I think given the guys that have left and the guys that have come in, I think you've, you've upgraded and I think that – you're setting yourself up to have a very similar season to the one you had last year. But it's so important to be ranked in those preseason polls because as much as we want to talk about the AP poll doesn't matter and it's and it's only, you know, the college football playoff poll is the only poll that matters. And that is true. But you can't look at the AP poll and the college football playoff rankings and tell me that they don't use that at least as a guide. Um yeah, either sure. either subconsciously or not, um, uh, they're using it as a guide. And so to be in those initial top twenty five, to be in that preseason top twenty five, like that is so important, so hugely important uh for Louisville to kind of put them on the right path to get started next season.
2: Yeah. I- I'm with you there. Eighty one fifty ninety three nine is the number. The UPS jobs text line is thirty eight. 31 93, nine. Uh Before we get to Loyal Lawrence, uh, just check CBS, and they have the cards at number 25. Uh, NC State's at 22. Cards don't play them next year. Clemson is number 21. Florida State is number 19. SMU, guys, th- this is a team that's been on everybody's preseason top 25 list. SMU's at number 18. Uh, the Mustangs travel to Louisville. Uh, to take on the cards uh, as they are a new ACC member and Louisville opponent Notre Dame is number nine. So interesting. Louisville will play, at least according to CBS, four ranked teams, number nine, Notre Dame, number 18, SMU, number 21, Clemson, I apologize, just three ranked teams. But yeah, SMU, um, out of those three teams uh, that are that's joining the conference, um, the aforementioned Mustangs, Cal and Stanford. SMU has a lot of potential, and at least uh, the media really likes them as a preseason top twenty team so far in these early polls.
0: I'm still trying to get used to ACC member SMU. SMU. It still just doesn't compute. That that's a good program, though. They win ten, eleven games most seasons, and I think they'll be they'll be ready to compete in the ACC. I think they'll win seven or eight games next year.
3: I think you're going to see with SMU the same problem that you see with several teams when they make that move into the power five is that i think smu's frontline smu's starters will be good enough to compete in the acc Mm -hmm. it's when you get into that second string that third string that's where smu will struggle and i think that that's probably where smu will struggle but Maybe Stanford and Cal won't in the not saying that Stanford and Cal were world beaters in in the Pac-12 by any means, and they were both pretty terrible this season, but they're used to recruiting at that level and building depth at that level. So I think maybe early on they may have a little bit more sustained success because they're already used to recruiting at the power five level uh, versus SMU.
2: Yeah, I, I can see that. And look this, again, just uh, according to CBS, SMU is the highest-ranked ACC school. <laughs> so, wow. I mean, just going on chalk, you're going to have them. Um, if you just go by the highest-ranked teams, you have SMU and Florida State um, for the ACC championship. And I think Florida <laughs> State travels to Dallas. They do. Um, this season. You know, the ACC is not going to do the Seminoles any favors in terms of travel. <laughs> they I'm should have sent them
3: to Cal, Stanford, and <laughs> yeah. to SMU. Yeah. Yeah, we'll
2: see. Uh, we, you know, we were just uh, thinking that you were not going to be in the league that much longer, so you might as well just play all, all on the road. Of course, all the three new editions yeah. that you voted just against. Just tour the
3: country. You can see which conference you want to be in. You can just go yeah. spend some time in Texas and go spend some time out west. Yeah, and be then like, but
2: then you would schedule you schedule one road game to California in September, then another one in November. <laughs> I can go twice. Yep. Yeah. We'll Absolutely. See. That's a whole other. That's a whole other. Uh, um, ball of wax we we could get into later on just 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 give me the nudge and we'll do it. But <laughs> well, let's uh let's let's start things off with loyal Lawrence. He'll lead things off on LSL tonight. What's going on, boss?
4: What up, Stephen. what up, Taylor?
3: What's up, man? You
4: know, what it is. I ain't gonna talk about I ain't gonna talk about basketball because y'all already see my polls I got um, on on y'all site. So wherever wherever that poll ends up, that's, that's who I want. That's it, coach. But on the football side, I'm really happy about Antonio Meet at wide receiver. If you see the way he catches the ball and the way he can um,
3: lay out and get
4: grab a catch, he's gonna be great on third down and on the deep balls. Maybe he ain't gonna be on um, drop dropping the football on, on deep pass like um, some of our wide receiver did this year,
5: mm-hmm.
4: like. I'm upset that the kids did not go to um global went to Florida State, but hey, it, it happened.
2: But Lucas, yeah.
4: But I'm happy about the whole running back situation where you got you got um hey, what's his name? The the kid the you kids. Know, no, the two running backs. The kids in Penny Boone, Penny Boone,
2: and, Penny Boone and, and Don, uh, Don, uh, Don Chaney.
4: Because I'm looking at the
2: whole red line
4: situation. You those, you those two running backs, they can
2: get yards. Absolutely. And you look at Penny Boone, Lawrence, he rushed for 1,400 yards, seven yards per carry. 15 touchdowns. Also caught, uh, I think, 15 balls for 215 yards um, out of the backfield. The dude is a stud.
4: Like, even though they were off the tight end and he went back to Boston State, I still think the situation is still in a pretty good spot. Oh, I was sure. not, right. Uh, Johnson, you saw him. He played in that USC game. He was kind of nervous, did he know what to do. I think he's gonna be a better. I think this year he's gonna be have a breakout season, and he will probably end up catching at least three to four touchdowns this season, and having at least five hundred to six hundred yards receiving yards. And mm-hmm. shout out all, also shout out to Jeff man with that interview with Isaiah Cummins. If y'all haven't seen that, y'all need to really see that. He 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 said where's the video of me put putting L down. There's no video of me putting the L down because I knew when I come back to Wobble and play the Wobble, they gon' they gonna get on me about that. So Isaiah's come I think Isaiah come gonna have a good season. I would not be surprised if they move Isaiah coming around like um like the
2: fullback, wide receiver and tight end using him to have a forward, good kind of. Yeah, like a little uh Marshawn Ford little
3: h back yeah. type of rule. Yeah,
2: I could see that.
4: I was really I was really hoping Jeff Brown would do that with Bell but, Hey and, and don't be surprised if you see a, a six nine fullback sometimes back in the backfield too with with the running back on, on goal line on goal line plays, you know, on first down plays. Yeah. Hey, you, yeah. hey you may hand, hand the football off the store every now and then. See, we can get a yard, but
2: I like yeah. the way Jeff Brown is building this team and Ron, and Ron Don't mess this up. <laughs> I love Lawrence. Thanks uh, for the phone call, man. Appreciate I love it, Ron, how Ron, stop. He said, Ron, yeah. Stop it, Ron. He was like, Ron. And like you know that Lawrence was getting mad just the way he said his name. <laughs> yeah, um, Ron English had a had a very good what ten games. Yeah. Then the games eleven, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Well, three out of those four games, the the defense played well against Florida State. Yeah, but man, against the team up the road, Miami and USC, yikes, they are bad.
3: Yeah, it was not. It was not a good end of the season for for the defense and for Ron English. So I think that there's going to be a lot of kind of. Well, I know there will be a lot of self scouting, a lot of figuring out what went wrong in those games that didn't go wrong. Earlier in the season, And I think one of the big things that really stuck out to me, Ethan, was the lack of a pass rush in the last couple of games of the season. That was something that we really had not seen. That had been a calling card and something that Louisville defensively could hang their hat on really since the end of last season and then into this season was that they were going to get a pass rush. They were going to get after the quarterback, and they did that for the majority of the season. But the last couple of games, that was really where I think some of the defensive struggles started was you couldn't get a pass rush going for whatever reason, and that forced the secondary to have to defend longer, to have to be in more precarious situations one-on-one, uh, then uh, than I think they probably really would have liked. So I think that's probably what exposed some of the secondary as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a that's a fair assessment of the situation. Um, speaking, of, speaking of not performing well, uh, Little basketball uh, dropped another game.
0: God. Uh, Did they play home. again? Bro. Are we I, sure? I thought they forfeited the rest of the season. That's what Kathy wanted to do. <laughs> Dude, Kathy with a haymaker. Every time she comes the show on. on Saturday, was every great. time she, she comes on, her business. damn cat. Yep. I
3: love well, Kathy. I
2: mean, I, ca- I mean, Kathy, she probably needs her cats to help her remain calm when she's watching Little basketball. Kathy I mean, will never her.
3: pass on an opportunity to drag Danny Manning either. And no. I think it's oh, hysterical.
0: She's committed to the bit. I love it.
2: I know. And she like, and she's no nonsense. She'll go there, yep, I want to make my point, and then just see ya. Yep. And, like, a, lot, a lot of the times there are some haymakers. A lot of the times it's just like
0: she's
3: blunt, straight to the point. Love it. Can um, well, you know, imagine you how surprised? often those
0: cats meow during the game?
3: Dude, I, I, I love it. Kathy can call whenever she wants because she doesn't call me an idiot like some other people that call in. <laughs> hey, Kevin.
0: Well, I was I was going to ask you about
2: that. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're you're first of all you're a gentleman, then <laughs> you're a scholar. All uh. right, so so were you surprised at all at the amount? I didn't catch the entire post game that you did. I, I listened to a lot of it. Mm. Were you surprised at the um, at some of the callers that were, or what? If you've heard anything out there on social media world about um bringing up the the injuries like it's some sort of valid excuse with how bad and just totally ignoring how they started off the season anyways with the full roster
3: <laughs> it didn't surprise me because i knew it was going to happen i just wasn't sure if we were going to make it through the whole post game show before somebody brought it up or if it was just going to be out there on social media but alas we did not make it through the post game show without somebody bringing it up but she said alas i <laughs> I'm not surprised because there are still a few of the mafia left that are going to stump for their guy until the very end, and that's honorable, you know, to to hang in there with your dude and and be one of the only ones left on the battlefield when it's all over with. But, uh, no, I mean, it didn't surprise me, but we can. I mean, we cannot try to use injuries as an excuse. I mean, seriously, because listen if this team just like i said saturday if this team was winning games convincingly and they looked great in the beginning of the season and then the injuries hit and then they started playing bad and losing games well then you go okay well it's injuries they got seven scholarship guys you know blah 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 but this isn't that like this team was bad when they were healthy and they're bad now it's not you can't blame the injuries and let's be honest man all all
2: this does it, it um, if if those you know if trey and JJ were healthy because you know first and foremost for, first and foremost God bless Dennis Evans um, certainly hope and pray that he um, it's not a situation yeah where he can't ever play again maybe it's you know for the short term obviously um his health is of utmost importance above anything else um, but he wasn't really contributing. Uh, to this team in a major way yet. Uh, I don't know if he was necessarily counted on to do that as well. Um, Manny Okorafor, um has played sparingly anyways. Uh, I think, you know, certainly losing J.J. Hurts, there's no doubt about that. Um, you know, his ten points, four rebounds on a game. I think Trey White will be back. What I mean, I think he is probably legit day-to-day. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play on, on Wednesday, Miami is also battling several injuries. Uh, Wuga Poplar, who is their second-leading scorer uh, and leading three-point 3, three <laughs> point shooter, uh, he is day-to-day. He practiced for the first time this week. Mm-hmm. Um, he This this kid shoots like 50% from three.
3: Dude, he's lights out.
2: Yeah, and they have, what, three or four scores averaging 16 or more a game. Yeah. they As a team, they shoot 43%
3: from three if you thought Pitt Um, made it rain threes on louisville just spencer was in here (laughs) spencer was in here earlier before we got started and he checked it and the line i think he said was 16 and a half uh i told him take it take take miami in the points
0: yeah i i think i'm gonna do the same miami how many what's the over under on threes they're gonna make it's probably like 12 or 13 because these guys can shoot lights out obviously we know louisville can't cover the shooters. This is not going to be pretty. Miami the, is a top fifteen-ish kind of team. If this the over/under
3: on threes for Miami, let's say let's say it's at eleven and a half. Are you taking the over, over. or the under?
0: I'm going over. Yeah,
2: I'm doing. I'm going to do what I did against Pitt, and what I'm going to do to a lot of the team, the really good teams, over plays. I did the spread, and then I parlayed the spread and the over/under. Or the over in this case. So I had pit seven and a half, and I took pit again at eight and a half, and then I parlayed eight and a half in the over. All all easy. Well, I'm gonna say the over didn't hit until maybe three, two or three minutes left. Mm-hmm. But I mean, th- this is this is like the team's not entertaining. So why not bet and you know have something? There could be there'll be some times too where I bet, uh, well I'll bet on them. Um, Really? Like I, I took I took the cards against DePaul. I mean, I really thought that they would Ooh. they would they would win, um, and then I you know of course I learned the hard way, and, and now um, I'm not going to say make the same mistake twice unless they prove me otherwise. So that that's where we are. It's unfortunate, Taylor. Again, I said on my post games. I'm sure you said some degree on yours. We're going to get back at some point. Yep. To celebrating wins and talking about the actual game. And not having vent session after vent session, but this is where we are, and I understand it. If the if the fans want to call in, and they're still mad, dude, I will tell you what, I saw videos, I saw videos of like the championship year two thousand thirteen. How how lit the Yum Center was, oh, how yeah. rowdy it was, and just the start lineups, um, how engaged the fans were, and then you just think back to now. And it's just it, it's infuriating, man. It's just so. It's disappointing, disheartening, infuriating—all um, all the same. Just, I mean, I, I understand like both sides of the argument. You wanna you wanna get rid of him part ways now? Certainly get it. If you wanna have him sit in it, since you know he's responsible for this mess that we're in now, I understand that part too. But it is going to continuously be, um, you know, frustration. It's gonna get ugly when these losses mount. Um, I think when we talked about it last week i think the nc state game at home you you have somewhat of a chance and i by saying somewhat yeah, espn fpi has it like at 18% um, <laughs> oh, but like i mean if so you you're look at that there's a chance there's a chance well i think the miami game it's 3 <laughs> god i mean so it's like Boy, yeah exactly it's sad, just, man. Is just it's just it sad is. this is where but we're do at you, do you all think in your heart of hearts that, that Coach Payne will will pack it in at some point during the season or right after the season and and just acknowledge what a failure this has been and, you know, be receptive to, to, to negotiating about?
5: No.
3: I no, still feel, no. guys,
2: honestly, I still feel like he doesn't truly –
3: Believe that it's over. That he has done, no, he
2: yeah. That he that it's over. A and that B. That he has done as bad of a job as. Everybody knows that he has. I, I, that's the vibe I get. Maybe he
0: probably thinks he's still in the midst of his three- to four-year rebuild. He thinks we're probably just halfway to where we need to be and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, I don't believe he's given up. I don't believe there's any way that he's going to do any sort of settlement. If they weren't going to fire him after the game against the team up the road, it's not going to happen during the season.
3: No, I, I don't think so either. And, and I said this on Saturday that as a fan base, we're just going to have to grin and bear it for the next two months because it's it's until we get to march it's going to be ugly and it's going to get worse as we get into acc play and as we start playing the dukes and the carolinas of the world and and starting saturday against miami who i think is legit and i think they're going to make some noise in march uh especially once they get healthy but it's gonna be it's one of those things that we're just gonna have to deal with and and i understand the people that you know wanted kenny Payne gone. Midway through the season, and I understand the people that say they want him to sit in it, but the problem for me, and and the thing that I said Saturday was, I don't think it bothers him. I don't get the vibe that he is affected in any way by what's happening and by the results on the, on the court. I don't think it bothers him, so I don't think I, I don't think he thinks sitting in it. I, I don't I don't think it bothers him at all. But no, I I. I Kenny has no self-awareness to begin with, so... You're kidding. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, f- for him, there has been no look in the mirror. There has been no, I don't think this is working, blah, 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 which, granted, to some extent, he shouldn't be doing it. To, to some extent, he should just be focusing on this team and, and on trying to get things right. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you have to be self-aware enough to be like, God, especially at the end of the year, and, and just... Man, this is not what I thought it was going to be. This is not my goal. This is not. This is not working out. But do I think that he's going to take any kind of a settlement? No, I think he's going to take every bit of money that he's owed, and I don't necessarily fault Wait, him. For when that. you, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would, I would exactly, I would do the same thing. So I don't necessarily fault him for that. But I don't think he, the people that want to compare the situation that Kenny's into the situation that Chris Mack was in, I think it's it's two very different situations kenny doesn't necessarily want to leave kenny had to be convinced to be here to begin with but kenny doesn't necessarily want to leave because i don't think he thinks it's as bad as it is chris wanted out in a bad way and did not care how much it cost him to get out that's why he took the the settlement and said deuces um because he's a quitter but I don't think Kenny's a quitter. I don't think Kenny understands. And, And the worst part is there are not people that I believe in his circle that are telling him the truth. No. And I think that's the bigger, one of the bigger issues is he does not, he has a circle full of yes men. He does not have a circle full of people that will tell him the truth.
0: No, he doesn't have that one guy who's telling him what you're doing is not working, mm-hmm. whether it's this way or this way. And as I've said before, like if you're a teacher and every student fails the exam, that means the teacher failed. If a couple students fail, yeah. then that's on the teacher. Like Tyler Griever raised a great question about, you know, if what you're teaching them isn't working. Why don't you try a different method? And he's not trying a different method. That's just the stubbornness that's there. That's then the fact is if, these guys don't understand what you want them to do. Then, for lack of a better term, you need to dumb it down. That's what the head coach is supposed to do, and he hasn't done
2: it. You need to find opposite ways. You need to find you know alternate ways to get the messaging across. That that's how that's what makes well apply good it to teachers. Apply it to yeah. you.
3: Like what 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 would you do as an educator in that situation where you've you've given a test and a lot of kids failed and do, do you have to like look at yourself and go okay how did I teach that lesson and how do I need to not teach that lesson or teach it in a different way
2: well see that that's that that's a great that's a great question so I can even break it down over my you know career it could impact it could I could teach the same lesson to a different class I could tell you that the one lesson in one class was phenomenal and then that exact same lesson with another class was a flop. Mm-hmm. So what I would do would sp- well, I would speak to colleagues, what worked for you, what didn't work for you. Then I would compare that to what I did, and come up with ways to change it up. I would never continue to do the same thing. And a lot of it and a lot of it depends on, you know. The climate, um, you know, there's some, you know, there's just like with anything. There's some days where it's like you can just tell, like, something's off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, somebody had, like, a rough day and, and they're just not feeling and And you also have days where everybody's ready to go. There's a special energy. There's a special vibe. So you got to take advantage of it and harness that positive energy to get stuff done. But in the past, what I've done is seek input from others. Um, this is what I did. What have you done? where you've seen success and, and allow yourself to be critical. And, and, and I'm, I'm a coachable person with whatever I do. I want to keep learning and I know what works well and I know what hasn't worked well. And I'm, and I'm comfortable with myself to, to take feedback and to say, Hey, you know what? This wasn't really good. Um, I'm going to do this differently the next time because I want, the, you know, what's best uh, for my students and what's best for everybody. And, to get the most out of of the time that I have, and it doesn't sound like well, I know we've heard from multiple sources that he's, you know, walled off um, to a certain extent and yep. doesn't take feedback from others. It, but it but it shows that's not a hot take. No, I mean, you can look. For yourself, not breaking news. You can see. I mean, uh, when Tyler like Zach referenced what what Tyler griever asked. Um, you know, when you know you're saying you're doing stuff. Um, you're telling these kids, you know, wh- what is coaching? Well, what goes into that? And he's like, well, you know, I, if we we've gone over this, we've talked about it, and then they're still doing it, but that's on me. Okay, so then, how are you when you're going over it? What are you doing specifically? And then, if you're continuing to do that, why not change that up? What does that look like? Does that mean more film study, as opposed to? To drills is that do you need to drill down on a specific um, specific facet of the game? Is it defending a high ball screen? Well, is where's the breakdown? Is it a lateral defensive movement? Is it in communication? Is there a lack of communication? What does the film say? Because that's not going to lie. You can do you know you can have um, certain sets. Um, why are you giving um, open? giving open shots. I mean, people keep talking about it. When we were playing, you know, the non-conference portion of the schedule, you know, Louisville's three-point defense has, has really improved. Well, looking at, at the statistics, sure. But if you're watching the game and trusting your eyes, you know <laughs> how many open threes Louisville gave up. Just their opponent wasn't good enough to hit them. Yeah. So we're not seeing this anymore. Pitt ain't, Pitt's not going to do that. No. And Pitt's not even a tournament team. They could be they' they're a fringe NIT team right now you know Miami was ranked at one point they got drilled by the team up the road and a couple of other um, a couple of other opponents but they're a really good team they're not going to miss a bunch of wide open looks so you know it, but you can tell and that was the main pushback when you hear any anybody talking about how the injuries have really impacted this team have they have they made an impact sure you have to concede that losing JJ trainer, um, hurts the team. There's no doubt about it. Losing um, losing Trey White hurts the team. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking at the full body of work, all it's doing is it's widening the margin. Because they had those two young men, they still lost to Virginia Tech, they still lost to Kentucky Wesleyan, they still lost to Chattanooga, they still lost to a, a mediocre IU team, and they lost to Texas. So, there's, these losses are still happening. Uh, Arkansas State had most of those players. You know what I mean? So it's just like that that doesn't fly. And then when the team was completely healthy last year, they won four games. Right. So, you know, miss me with that. 81 9 is the number. Matt is up next on LSL. What's going on?
1: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
2: Good, man. Uh, doing well, man. You know, it,
1: it, I've always been a Chris Mack defender because I've always said I believe he got his dream job and it didn't work out. I think he got railroaded at the end. You know, he got a six-game suspension. If I remember right, unlike Jim Harbaugh, he couldn't even be around the team. Oh,
2: yeah. You know, so yeah. I think
1: I think it was a lost season. And then for two years, Kenny Payne has basically blamed stuff that happened to Chris Mack when he won infinitely number more games mm-hmm. than Chris Mack. And I always think to Chris Mack... I mean, he did us a favor by taking a bow, you know, by negotiating a deal because he was done. And I think it was because of Vindapudi. And, I mean, he just, you know, I think I don't, I think he saw the actual cloud that he worked under and,
2: you know, he had the actual cloud and then he had to deal with Neely Ben as well. He had right. two, and then, he was battling on two fronts. And
1: then the actual cloud came in,
2: the KP cloud,
1: (laughs) which is a bigger cloud than any – I mean, I was telling a friend that the other day, it's like we received the death penalty without receiving the death penalty. And I was not like a huge KP guy, but I was one of those like, all right, let's try it. Let's try it. It, He'll get recruits. He'll get this. And it's been – made it worse. And there's still still people out there saying this is okay – and what I don't understand is, like, is there any point of where we get the incompetence because insubordination? Because, like, we have no recruits. Like, are we even yeah. taking visits? Like, when does Josh Heard come in and say, you did not have a visitor on campus for a college basketball or football game when we had one of the best seasons we've had in, what, 10 years? Like yeah, that that's insubordination. Like, that's part of your job. And, I mean, he just – I know you've talked about it. There's, like, a stubbornness to, like – I don't think he sees any wrong in what he's done. And I ultimately feel like this is going to be, like, the KP Mafia comp- coming back and saying he never got enough time. Yep. And, I mean, we actually had a good coach in Chris Mack. He got railroaded. And I, the only reason I say I defend Chris Mack is because I always thought he was the guy – is what has happened here lately. All the legends are starting to retire, and we had to hire a young and upcomer, and Chris Mack was one of the two or three names you wanted to get. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't work out. I hate that. But we literally have a new cloud, and it's not the NCAA. It's a two-letter word. KP, thanks, guys. Yeah,
2: That's not, yeah and, and to, to his point, Taylor, I mean, stubbornness. Um, I think that is that is ultimately – uh, among many other things, that's one of the catalysts, in my opinion, um, that led to his undoing. He's just his his unwillingness to change his unwillingness to 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 honestly really look from within. I mean, look no further than that. that, that we reference it all the time. That Boston College press conference Ugh. when he was asked about uh, making a change on his staff when he was asked about talking with Josh Hurd about his job status. And he was so aloof and just so like, why would you ask me that? I have the best staff in the country. Why would I talk to my AD? And you're just like, bruh, are you, <laughs> are you serious? Like, are you trolling? Or, are, 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 are And again, I, I'm serious, man. I still don't think. And it sounds like y'all agree too. I still don't think that he really thinks that he has done as bad of a job as he, as he, as he's done. No. And then the nation part. Because you've had one visit. No, may, no, you, maybe you've had two. You had the three-star prospect from Wisconsin, and then you had Carter Knox. And the Carter Knox <laughs> it was all just a sham anyways.
3: <laughs> oh, I think I think we lost Ethan there for a minute. May want to double-check and see if we still have him, Zach. Yeah. The, the, the lack of recruiting has been just a, a massive issue, and, and – Ethan's right. The whole Carter Knox thing was laughable to begin with. Um yeah. text texture texting in right now. Uh Matt quit. Thank you, Texture. Thank you. I don't I don't need to hear poor Chris Mack and he didn't get a fair shake and now he quit. He quit.
2: You what you want to grab Steve before we uh, take our uh, mid-show break? Yeah, let's do it. All right.
6: Hey, Steve. Hey, appreciate you guys. Uh let me in here. I think, you know, the recruiting stuff is that, that's a big part of the problem with KP, he said it a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was just last week, where he acted like the 4-28 and wasn't him. When he said, you know, 4-28, and you can't recruit to 4-28. Right. Do you remember he said that? Absolutely.
3: Dude, that's it was your 4-28. Like
6: <laughs> yeah, like he had an out-of-body experience or something like it. No, man, that's – and look, he took a tough job. I don't think anybody would debate that. <laughs> this was going to be a tough job. If you resurrected John Wooden and, and brought him in here, it was going to be a tough ask. And I think everybody was ready for that that first year, but it wasn't – we saw nothing. Nothing at all. No improvement. No identity created. Nothing. And I'm I'm a dummy. I was willing to, like, all right, look, man, let's see what happens. I'll grade him out this year. Then Wesleyan happened. And it was like – that's the biggest thing with Kenny is the delusion, And that's going to be the hardest thing of the of how to get rid of him, because I almost think he'll just keep showing up. Yeah, (laughs) like he might he he might sign the paperwork and and cash the check. He might just keep showing up to work, man. And I'm not trying to be nasty or say he's dumb or anything like that. I'm just there's a there's a connect a cognitive disconnect that this is going to be a lot worse than what people think to get rid of him. It just really is because I I can't imagine sitting across a table and trying to talk to somebody that just doesn't understand the words that come from your mouth, and that's I've, I've dealt with that professionally before, and I, I think that's probably what Josh Hurd is going to be dealing with, I, and I think that's yeah. probably why he can't coach. I really do. I think that's probably why he's he's awesome in small doses. He's awesome mm-hmm. like in. You know, like an hour in the morning. Role, yeah, an, an hour thing, in the yeah. morning, like doing drills and stuff. He's probably good, but the the grand scheme of things, I, I really do. I, I feel like this is going to be a nightmare. And then the other piece of me is, if he's not gone already, I, as a fan, watch and I'm just my skin crawls at the thought of year three, oh. and what that looks like, and that's still on the table. There might be insiders. You guys people might know. They might talk around the station. I don't know. But I got a vibe when on Saturday that that this is gonna be year three. And it's uh, not I,
2: I can tell you, man, like again, I'm not, I don't have <laughs> I don't have a lot of connections. I don't I'm not a super insider but but I can tell you with with a lot of confidence that he's not getting a year three. I mean, I'm writing
6: daily affirmations to
2: myself. You know, no pain years. Dude, no, and and, no and Steve, listen, man, I'm with you. Like, I'll be like, well, um, and I was, I was, I think I was like talking with Taylor and Zach at, at some point um, off there because you, you know, you see the last three games of the regular season, they're three games at home against beatable opponents. But what if you win those three in a row? Is you going to have enough momentum to, you know, to change people's minds? And it's just like, you know, you don't want to give any false hope. Um, but it's like, but yeah, I mean, I think. We've seen the stuff, and, and, again, it's just the how aloof he is when you're talking about, like, the major issues. Like, he, you know, he, he wants to address it, but then, like, he doesn't really address it, and then he doesn't ever give you specifics, and he, but he doesn't have a plan. I mean, he, and you can tell that and how his team plays. You can tell that in what he says, case in point, the transfer portal. I mean – the, the offseason he was hired he wasn't fully embracing nil taylor and i talked about that i mean that, that is a massive red flag you can't say i want people to come here because the i want them to know what it what it means to have louisville across their chest yeah that's great i yeah. would too in a perfect world but that ain't how you're gonna get ballers right you're gonna have to pay him and the fact he's he's been way behind the trends and it's just painfully obvious, and then he talks about, you know, how he needs the portal now when he called it a necessary evil in July. It's I mean – He doesn't have a plan.
3: No, I mean, it's it's just like the great Herm Edwards said. You pay to win – I mean, you play to win the game.
0: <laughs> well, you pay to win a lot of games, too. Yeah.
3: That's what yeah, you got to do. And, you know, you look at the rest of, of Louisville's schedule for January. They've got Miami they've got the nc state game that you mentioned on the 13th then it's at number seven north carolina at wake forest who's currently 11 and three and down one on the road 42 41 right now at florida state they made a big deal at halftime because wake forest had 10 turnovers in the first half it was their most turnovers in a half so far this season i'm like god louisville's like hold my beer like that's nothing just watch And then they go, you've got Duke. 40 ounce. Yeah, exactly. You've got Duke at home, Virginia at home, and then at Clemson to end January. So you play number seven, North Carolina, number 11, Duke, number 21, Clemson. Wake Forest has an opportunity to be ranked possibly uh, if they keep winning the way they are. It's not going to be a fun January. And then February kicks off with Florida State, whom Louisville just cannot seem to find a way to beat.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Louisville, again, I don't think they're going to beat NC State. If, if they lose to the Wolfpack on Saturday, and yeah, figure they will, they won't win a game in January. Nope. And I'll tell you this. like last year. And I said there's no – I have no evidence to, to tell me this, though we're going to beat Georgia Tech at home. Louisville will beat Florida State. Their first game in February. I'm telling you this right now, <laughs> Louisville's, Louisville's beating the Seminoles. I'm, I'm taking that to the bank.
3: I said it. Regardless
2: on... of the roster makeup, Louisville will beat Florida State on February third.
3: Just because? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I said it on Saturday that I feel like the next opportunity for Louisville to get a win is either Saturday, February tenth, when they play Georgia Tech, or tuesday the 13th when they go on the road to boston college
2: bro i don't think they're gonna win a road game i don't think they're gonna win
3: another game the rest of the season
2: i think so i think that i think they beat florida state i think they could be georgia tech i think
0: they could beat notre dame i think they could lose all three but i don't think they're going to i think they'll win two games i think they win two the rest of the year i can't pinpoint which two they're gonna be i think Notre will be one of them and then i think florida one of your yeah
2: we're gonna have a celebration
0: we are going to have a celebration. God, how
3: funny would it be if the two games that Louisville finds a way to win are like at North Carolina and then home for Duke, and then they don't win another ACC game the rest of the season? And Louisville's fantastic. got two ACC wins, but they're North Carolina and Duke.
2: Yeah. All right. <laughs> wow. Yeah.
0: One can. Dream. Then all of us are leaving because that'll never yeah. happen. Right. Yeah, exactly.
2: All right, guys, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, we'll welcome on our good friend of the program, Ty Spalding, publisher of Cardinalsports.com. We'll get his take on uh, the basketball program and um, the portal king, Jeff Brom, and this number one portal class for 2024. We'll do that and more when we come back You're listening to Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest-running all-UFL sports talk show, right here on down The Bill. Welcome back into our number two of Louisville Sports Live, the city's longest running all UFL sports talk show right here on 93.9 The Ville. I'm Ethan Moore. He's Taylor Lynch, Zach Cantrell behind the glass, Gangstar bringing us back, and our good friend Ty Spaulding, publisher of Cardinalsports.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Spaulding. Ty, how are you, sir? Thanks for joining us. What is going on, fellas? What's up, buddy? Man, we're we're hitting this portal talk hot and heavy before we uh, we get into basketball. Man, uh, your assessment on uh, the rivals number one class uh, as far as the transfer portal is concerned for Coach Brahman and company. Man, he has got it rolling.
7: Yeah, I mean, just really, really impressive what they're able to do so far yeah, in the transfer portal. You look at receiver; I think that's a position that. We all wanted a little bit more out of this year, you know, outside of thrash. I think they've done that. I mean, Colin Lacey is as as highly regarded as you will find out of the portal. Uh, Beating out Texas A&M for him was just absolutely huge. He's on campus today, I believe, I saw. Um, So that's great news. Uh, Corey Brooks at receivers, another another guy that I, I feel like would just add another dynamic to that room that was missing this year. So receiver, you got to like that. I think tight end, they address that certainly with Mark Redmond, Isaiah Cummings, and then Jamari Johnson another year in the program. Hopefully he can make a jump and you can see that position uh really take a step forward in the offense next year. And then offensive line, I mean, anybody's guess who starts up front there, I mean, there's the, the starting five, I mean, good luck trying to predict that. I mean, I, I, I really don't know that I have a good idea, and I think that's a, that's a positive. I think there's going to be eight or nine guys that are all worthy of starting there. Obviously, at running back, uh, Penny Boone. I mean, Florida State, Ohio State, Kentucky, uh, that's a big get. Uh, you look at defense, I think at linebacker, you like what you have coming back. T.J. Quinn, Sanquon Clark, Jalen Alderman but why not add another veteran piece to that mix? Uh, they did that, Gerontae Davis. You look at corner, uh, Casey Thornton from UCF. I was told that this, this dude might end up being the best get out of anybody in this class. Wow. He's that good at corner.
5: Wow.
7: Uh, he was uh, UCF's be- best player, I would argue, for the last two years. Um, so if you get Quincy Riley back and you have uh, Thornton opposite him, you gotta like what you have there. And Then at safety, obviously, MJ Griffin's going to be back. Devin Neal's going to be back as well, from what I'm told. And then you add in um, the the two the two transfers from Tennessee, and and you've got you've got a complete roster that that looks really really good on paper. And uh, I think this is a testament really to the collaborative effort on the coaching staff as well as their. Um, relationship with the folks um, with 502 circle and work in that relationship as well um, so I think you really have a, a testament here of uh, just a lot of people working together with a with a common goal with a plan uh, detail oriented identifying weaknesses addressing them and you end up with um, with the number one uh, transfer portal class in the country right
1: now
2: yeah, man, Coach Brom has really done a fantastic job. Ty, we opened the show kind of talking about that, and we were, we were discussing how there was a glaring need on the offensive line. Coach Brom's staff addressed that right after spring ball and got a plethora of talent in here, and that's exactly what he's done on this cycle with the secondary. Uh, so very impressive stuff here. Um, and then, too, if you look at the, the high school class, um, that was signed in this, in this 24 hall. You already have five guys that, that um, are early enrollees, headlined by JoJo Stone, uh, an athlete that was one, one time committed to LSU. Going to get certainly get looks at receiver Isaac Brown, who had a fantastic year down there in South Florida, running back a high three-star slash four-star prospect. Um, a five-star name as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> Ransom McDermott on the offensive line, offensive tackle. And Maurice Davis and Edge, and then Trent Carter out of Jacksonville, uh, a linebacker. So you have some guys already in the fold there. Uh, Ty, who is who are a couple of guys from the high school class, the high school portion of this 24 class that you're that you're looking forward to seeing play either potentially in the two deep or in years to come? Yeah, so I think you you start with Dylan Mesman
7: and tight end. He, I don't believe he's enrolling early, but with, with the kid from Ball State withdrawing from the portal, I think that provides a, a path for, for Mesman to, to crack the two deep there at tight end. He's, uh, he's out of Michigan, a four-star on rivals, um, had, had a push late from, from several uh, local schools up there. Uh, Michigan State got involved late. Uh, but Louisville was able to hold on to him. I think Dylan Messman at tight end is is one to definitely keep an eye on, especially with, uh, as I mentioned, the, the kid from Ball State uh, withdrawing from the portal. I also think uh, another another kid to look at is, I honestly think Sean Boykin's that receiver. I think, uh, I think you know, JoJo Stone's going to get the – a lot of the buzz there, but I mm. think uh, Sean Boykins is is going to be one of those guys that that just we just see on the field, um, you know, early. I just I just think he's he's just been that productive, and I think he's he's another one of those in state receivers that Brahms had so much success with in the past, and then another one that I would I would mention would be um, Xavier Porter, is a defensive lineman out of Florida. He's a four-star on Rivals as well. Um, Mark Ivey, the contact there, um, 6'4", 250. I think if they can really – I think there really is some some playing time available um, on the edge there. You got Ashton and, and Mason Riger, obviously, and then Adonis Green and TJ Capers. But I think, you know, losing Heron and, and just some of the guys, you know, Jeff Clark's gone and some of the other guys, the defensive tackle um, slash defensive ends there. I think there could be some some playing time available there for some youngsters. So those are those are three guys I would I would keep an eye out for. Obviously JoJo Stone, another one at receiver. I think could see the field. And then I really like the running backs they brought in here: uh, Isaac Brown and Duke Watson. Uh, Duke Watson is a four-star unrivaled, and, and Isaac Brown is, is a kind of reminds me of a Javion Hawkins type. Uh, similar build, similar frame, similar speed. Um, and Brom talked glowingly about Isaac Brown in his uh, press conference uh, a few weeks back. So uh, those are a few names to keep an eye on there.
2: Fantastic. Ty, have you heard of anybody else on the roster? I mentioned somebody I don't want to lose is Kewon Brown. I think he's certainly a very uh, talented young man at the running back position. Have you heard of anybody else that you feel like Louisville um, could could lose elsewhere to the portal, or are we just going to have to wait and see after spring ball? I
7: think right now you're going to have to wait and see until after spring ball. You know, I was, I was never going to say no to Penny Boone, but I did really like some of the young talent in that running back room. And admittedly, uh, I, I kind of wanted to see some of those young guys get a shot, you know, Keywon Brown being one of them. But, obviously, if Penny Boone's there and you can upgrade that position, you do it. But, yeah. um, with that being said, I, I did I did want to see more of Brown moving forward. Uh, but, to go back to your question, you know, initially I was told, you know, the wide receiver room was one to watch that would be overhauled, and that came to fruition. Um, but, really, when you look at the rest of the roster, you, you know, some of the building blocks on defense, Sanquan Clark, you know, Keeping him around, that's huge. Like, you know, re-recruiting your own roster is just as important as adding from the portal. And Mm -hmm. don't get it twisted. You know, Stanquan Clark's a dude that a lot of programs around the country would want. So that's a guy that, you know, able to hold on to him. That's big. You know, TJ Capers will be back. Uh, Don is a green I mentioned. I think he'll be a a big player. So I think they did a really good job re-recruiting their own roster. Uh, I have not heard of anybody that, that would consider dipping out. But, again, spring ball is going to come around, and I'm sure we're going to have another window uh, where we got to hold our breath. But if you look at the staff's track record, uh, Ben Perry went into the portal and Brom within 24 hours uh, made amends there, working with 502 Circle, got him back in the fold. Um, so you've got to trust the staff's ability to, uh, to re-recruit their own roster, and you got to feel comfortable uh, heading into spring with, with, with who they've lost. Um, you know, Jeff Clark, it received some some high interest in the portal, but you know, he's a guy that I think you can replace. Some Mario Huggins Bruce obviously went to South Carolina, but I'm not, uh, I'm not sweating too much there. I think Kevin Coleman was a guy that, uh, was ex- expected to produce a little bit more than he did. Um, so overall, I think the guys that defected out of here, um, you have, you have to be pleased with, with with with
3: you know the the net positive um, through the portal. So Ty, kind of along those same lines, with, with not just with the portal class, which is impressive, but w- counting the portal class and, and the high school class, where do you what position group do you think Louisville improved the most as we go into this off season and and looking forward to twenty twenty four? You know,
7: it's hard. It's hard to not go with the secondary. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we didn't really look at the secondary as a weak spot last year. Obviously, they got a little bit exposed uh, in that bowl game. Yeah. And, you know, I think you look at safety and and you have um, the the two kids from, from Tennessee there, obviously, and MJ Griffin. And I think you could do... You could, you know, move Devin Neal around and play him uh, in maybe a third down role, the, the role that Gilbert Frierson played, um, you know, on third down. Tamari McDonald and Weston Walker, those are the two Tennessee transfers. So you have those two and MJ Griffin at safety. Um, I mentioned Casey Thornton at corner. And then, you know, Quincy Riley, you know, I, I, I feel good there, but I, I'm getting nervous as the hours go by. We haven't heard anything. Um, So I really like what they did at the, at the secondary level, especially at safety. And then I mentioned it earlier, you know, I really think this wide receiver room this year, you know, Plummer took a lot of the blame and rightfully so, but I mean, outside of Jamari thrash, I mean, we just didn't really see any development or improvement out of that receiver room throughout the course of the year. And I think, you know, not all of the blame should go to Plumber when we look at the passing offense this past year. I think some of that has to do with the, the tight end receiver position not being where it needs to be. So I really like what they did a receiver. I think Colin Lacy's just going to be absolutely phenomenal to Corey Brooks as well. And then the um the kid from the D two ranks um should, you know, should see, should be able to um you know to to see what he has and and, you know, hopefully Chris Bell can make another step forward. Um, but if you're asking me, I think you got to look at, at safety um, and then, then receiver as well. I think the, the two at receiver, Colin Lacy and Corey Brooks, are, are really, really big-time
5: additions.
2: Man, yeah, uh, that's something that we were discussing earlier as well. And, again, kudos to Coach Brown and staff for addressing the areas of need getting out there, targeting some prospects, and and most importantly, landing them um, to fill out this roster. Exciting days continue to be ahead for this program. A 10-win season, your first year. Uh, Building on that, welcoming in uh, three new schools in the ACC. You're going to play two of them next year. You know, Potentially another double-digit win season um, ahead. Ty, now that we have you, man, uh, on to basketball. Uh, We haven't spoken, I don't think, since uh, they lost to the team up the road. Um, over the holidays, Uh, were you surprised um, that Kenny Payne um, was retained, I guess, if you will, after that game when there was so much buzz going around that that they would part ways with him? I was surprised, to be quite honest with you. I think, you know, I think, you know,
7: several people have reported it, uh, or not reported it, but just kind of talked about it on their various platforms that, you know, there was a plan in place you know you can you know people can believe what they want i do think there was uh, someone that w- was ready to take the interim role i do think there was a plan um that was talked about and lined out i do think josh went to the powers that be and pitched that plan and wherever that uh fell through i don't really know um somewhere along the lines uh, it obviously didn't happen, and so I was surprised. I, you know, I I thought for a while that I was cool with Josh not talking. I thought there was too much smoke there. Now that, that he needed to talk, and uh, you know, I'm glad that he did. However, you know, I do have a problem if 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 he wasn't the one, you know, making that decision. You know, that's a whole another can of worms. So I'm hoping sure. we're past that whole. Um, a a variety of issues where you have you know the president derailing the basketball coach and and just all kinds of different things you have the you know the whole you know Vince Tyre where he was trying to pull in Brom and and that got shot down so I hope that's not going on again I'm not ready to say that it is definitively but I was surprised and you know I and you had a caller on before before I before I jumped on here and he was kind of talking about how he thinks, you know, this is gonna be messier than we than we realize and I think he had a point in that, like it's hard to it's hard to separate with someone that doesn't that doesn't that doesn't get why there's being a separation, that doesn't understand that there's a problem. And I, I really think that's that's what we're going to see. I, I think Kenny is it thinks everything's going well, or not maybe not well. But I think you know he he believes he's just chugging right along, and so that's just going to make this whole thing a little bit more dicey as we move forward. I don't expect him to be back for year three, but I mean, man, the longer this goes, and and the more that you know, the more that you know, the excuses pile up, and the more um, you know that you could point to this or that, you know, you just I mean, I just I just hope that that the decision-makers at hand uh, know what's at stake here, know that a a generation of fans is, is, are, are on the verge of, of being missed out on. I, I hope they know the, the urgency that they need to act with. And I think, you know, when you look at the buyout not dropping until March 31st, I mean, I don't think you could wait until that long no. to make a move. So, you know, I really don't know that that buyout is a legitimate reason to wait. Because if it is, then you're really going to be handcuffing the next coach, you know, making that move on March 31st. That new coach is not going to get in here till April. That's going to put them behind the eight ball. So all we can do is just trust that Josh Hurd has a good pulse on the situation, is doing the back-channel work behind the scenes, and just really hope that the people, like I said, that are making these decisions, uh, know what's
2: at stake here, Ty. Overall, for you this season, um, what's been the most surprising aspect uh, of the basketball year so far? Um, what did you expect that would be better, uh, if at all? Um, and your just assessment overall on on year two. You know, Kenny. Through, you know, the, the the little times he talked during the off
7: season and the the, the 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 little amount of media availability that he did you know he kind of had a little swagger to him and it almost you could almost read that he liked this team you know that's that, that's kind of the the gist that I got just throughout the summer you know he he kind of talked like he knew that this was going to be a lot better and a lot different like he he had no problem saying that you're going to see a difference this year. You're going to see a different team. You're going to see guys bought in. You're going to see guys that have a chemistry that like being around each other. I mean, he talked about all of those things. So, to me, you know, aside from the the identity or the the X's and O's, you know, I thought the, the energy on the bench would be different. I thought the, the guys on the court would be playing with their hair on fire, knowing that their coach – you know, is is on the hot seat. I just thought from an overall energy standpoint, it would be better, and it just hasn't been. I mean, the bench is the exact same as it was last year. The body language on the players is the exact same as it was last year. So take the basketball out of it. Take the style of play out of it. Take the, you know, what are they doing on offense and defense out of it. I thought – at a minimum, with a new crop of players that seemingly like Kenny and Kenny seemingly um, letting people know that that this is a group that that is is all in on each other. I really thought we'd get the energy component uh, of this, and we just haven't. I mean, the bench is, like I mentioned, the bench is still quiet and, and people are sitting down. I mean, you have clips where you know a, a miss foul doesn't a foul doesn't get called, and the only guy standing up on the bench to walk on. I mean, we've all seen the clips. I just thought the energy would be different, and it hasn't.
2: Yeah, uh, you're you're right on that. Uh, Ty, do you expect him to uh, coach the remainder of the year? I mean, look, I mean, I, I was
7: I was almost certain a change would have been made uh, before the new year. And it, it wasn't, and uh, you know, I I, I I would be guessing at this point to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I think I, I think now you, you've they've almost they've almost uh, they've almost kind of let people know that they're going to ride this out. And uh, you know, I think at this point, I mean, if there was a change being made mid-season I would have liked to see it done before you get into the real conference play so you can really salvage some some positive energy you know somewhere yeah. along the lines but I think this point it's a lost cause no matter if you make a change or not you know I think I think at this point you ride it out but like I mentioned earlier you know if you're really looking to, to save two million dollars you know where where does that timeline where does that where does it? Where does the you know? Where does the rubber meet the road? Is it is it the day after the the day of shame in the ACC tournament? Because if it is, then then you're still on the hook for that two million, you know. So yeah. you know that goes back to you know the negotiations and the caller that I mentioned. You know, talking about how this might be a little bit messier than we than we anticipated, and and, and I think that's probably reality. And, and you know, yeah. you just have to hope that. You know, some of the power brokers that be that that push for Kenny can can come to the table and 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 really just you know put egos to the side here and and really just put the program, um, the best interest of the program at at, at their heart and mind because you know anyone that cares about this program should know that 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 moving into a year three would would not be good for everyone involved. So, you know, I just hope that 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 the people that like I mentioned. The people that that push for this hire that are in um, in on the decision making here can can all come together and, and this can work out. But you know, I, I just I just think we're dealing with somebody who who just is naive to to what's going on and and naive to to the situation at hand and the injuries are probably going to give Kenny even more of a a, a, a sense of security that. You know that he's not doing that bad of a job, and I just think we've we've we just got to hope that Josh Hurd has a handle on this because um, he's the one that that's responsible for for uh, making a change, and he's the one that's responsible for um, getting this done as swiftly and smoothly as possible. So um, this is going to be on Josh, and, and we'll see what he has.
2: Ty, we'll get you out of here on this, man. Um... Who do you think are realistic candidates for this Louisville job this time around? Like give me three. So
7: I mean, look, I know this I know this name is's been mentioned um, in the past as a no shot. Um, you know, SEC money. you know, Louisville's, you know drowning. I was sent a message today by, by colleague, a uh, colleague at Rivals who covers the Arkansas program very closely. Um, who said that, that Muscle man is just kind of, his, uh, his MO has been, you know, catch fire at a place and leave. And there's some, some feeling down there in, in Fayetteville that, that he, uh, he, he may feel like it's time for a change of scenery. Um, so I was passing along that tidbit today. I think um, I thought Mick Cronin would be a guy that would be uh, in play, but I think he may uh, he may have you know cooked his his goose with just some of the antics off the court and the results. Uh, I think Scott Drew um, would be a guy that you have to look at. I think uh, Nate Oates would be a guy in play, um, but really, like I think the I think we all need to come together and realize that. You know, if there's not a home run, then then there's we're going to be able to pick apart any hire they make outside of yeah. outside of a Jay Wright or Absolutely. Billy Donovan. Yep. And you look at you look at Texas Tech for example. They hired North Texas's coach uh, Grant McCaslin, I believe is his name. And if you watch them play Texas on Saturday night in Austin, I mean, this dude is a stud, a stud. He has Texas Tech at twelve and two, I believe their best start in. Um, even going back to the beard days, and so he came from North Texas. So I mean, let, let's all just let's all just give Josh a chance to to do his due diligence. Let's give him a chance to do his research, and look, we can take apart the hire. But at the end of the day, you know, outside of like I mentioned, outside of you know Billy Donovan or Jay Wright, there's not going to be a guy out there that every single body, every single person is is pumped about. So let's let's just all realize that no matter who we get, it's going to be better than what we have. And there's a lot of good college basketball coaches out there. And with the resources at hand here, I think, you know, I think there's a number of guys that could do a really good job. So um, I think we'll get a clearer picture on that uh, in the coming weeks and months. Also, I, I think Porter Moser at Oklahoma would also be a name. And that's another guy that all fans would be probably scoff at, I'd be like, "Oh, I mean, what's he done? You know what? I mean, you know, look at his resume; he's won everywhere he's been.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, he
7: has Oklahoma in the top twenty-five. So I mean, that that type of coach is one that would fit the mold of a, of a coach that people would pick apart. But I think he could do a lot worse than someone like Porter Moser. Uh, so those are a few names that I've heard right there. Um, but we'll have to see what shakes out, what the finances look like, and. Um, like I mentioned, let's just all just give this a chance. Let's let Josh do his job, and, and let's see where the chips fall.
2: Sounds like a plan, man. That that's that that's about all we can do at this point. Ty, we appreciate it, man. Ty Spaulding, CardinalSports. dot com. If you want to be a part of that online community, great discussion there, great information. They're all over the portal news. And then Ty will be dropping his tidbits off as well as he hears some Great community, great online community. Um, hit up cardinalsports.com. Follow Ty on Twitter X at Ty Spaulding. As always, man, we appreciate your time, buddy. We'll talk to you soon down the road.
7: Absolutely, guys.
2: Glad to do it. Talk to you all soon. Yes, sir. Ty Spaulding at cardinalsports.com. T money, what what did you think? Any anything that he said, kind of kind of stick out at you?
5: I hadn't
3: considered Nate Oates, so that was kind of an interesting one that that Ty dropped on us. I, I, I kind of I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, he was a name that we talked about when uh, Kenny was hired the first time, but I really hadn't said anything about it. Again, I agree with with Ty on Scott Drew. Um, he's on my list. He was on my list the first time around. He's still on my list now. Uh, I really, what he's done at at Baylor, basically building that program there, it's super impressive. Um, so yeah, I I like that as well.
2: Yeah, man. Who so who would your top three be as it stands right now? And you can you can move your list
3: up and down. Um, I think Scott Drew's on the list. Dusty May is on the list. Um. And you could give me whoever else. I mean, I. it's hard because, like Ty said, there's not really a home run hire out there right now, like a surefire. I think Scott Drew would be. This guy's going to, yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's probably the closest. Yeah. I think he's he's probably the closest. He would be my my number one. Um, and then, you know, Dusty May, Nate Oates, um, I'd, particularly not big on on muscleman i was on the must bus the first time around but the way things are going right now at arkansas and i mean if if what ty said is true that you know he kind of likes to go somewhere and then flame out and then go somewhere else like i uh, we don't yeah. need that at louisville uh we need somebody that's going to be here that's going to build this thing and that's going to be here for a while um so i'm not too big on that i know a lot of people want chris beard and you can't deny the the play and and the coaching on the court um, I would need a little convincing on that one, but, uh, and then yeah, Mick Cronin, I thought that might've been a good fit, but yeah, he has just peed down his leg this season at UCLA. So, uh, I'm, I'm good on that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think to what I said, I mean, you know, anything is going to be an upgrade, um, from the current state of affairs right now. Hell, I'll but take yeah, Ethan
3: Moore if he wants to, uh if he wants no, to go start only, coaching
2: then only if tara lynch comes alongside so but i got you yes there we go um you know uh, i am coaching um i'm helping coach my daughter's upward league basketball oh coach, are so. you
3: yes all right so, so are you are Seconds you last
2: night are they pressing like what's well we can't press in the younger in the second <sighs> grade division you can't press
3: and so. boo what it... you know who do we write a letter to? Because that's ridiculous.
2: Well, it would be um, upward, but we're not. Um, we're, we're still in the learning stages yeah, of, that, of that, that league.
3: All so. right, so you're playing 2-3 zone, or like, what's the deal?
2: Um. Well, we cannot do that for the younger age group yet. Oh, no, my God. What? We can't, well, right, we so can't they're gonna press like, anymore? Are going to look like Louisville out well, there? No, they're no, not going to play any defense? <laughs> like, in first and second grade, you. Can, I mean, it would be tough to kind of really kind of harness that energy you know yeah we got we got to get them paying attention first and and we're good so you're
3: just gonna play man
2: well we're still kind of (laughs) learning through that about that's that's kind of you got to sustain that's that's who you're supposed to continuously guard (laughs) um and you know you can't you know drop your arms down we're working on that keeping arms straight up my arms down yep um stuff like that and now for the older the fifth and sixth grade um it's a little more you can press you can do zone um we're just working on you know being a little more decisive making quicker decisions stuff like that
3: so when she gets home though you're working with her on a 131 and like getting her familiar with it so that as she gets older like she'll be she'll be ready to be the coach on the floor for you
2: well um no because then it's like (laughs) off the field hockey stuff so oh yeah that's right Field hockey's year-round in this household, so we're, we're doing that as well. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, good stuff there from Ty. Always. Um, I, I'm with you, though. I, I was on Must Bus the first time around. Certainly, I would not be opposed to having him. Um, but I'm still, give me Shaka Smart. Uh, okay. Jerome Tang's on my list. Okay. Um, the guys that you mentioned as well. Um, I think Scott Drew is probably right now number one.
3: I'm telling you, dude, I think he would be really good here.
0: I just don't Chris see it
2: happening. Chris Beard's on my list. Yeah. Um, but like, but if you looked at his, uh, sal- I mean, he's like, I he's think he's underpaid like two and a Baylor. half million. Yeah, dramatically I mean, Payne, underpaid. Payne's getting three point three five. I think Scott Drew's two point five. And I mean, the thing is,
3: like, Baylor's had opportunities to pay him and they just Yeah. They just haven't.
2: I mean, they won the championship in two thousand and one, like <laughs> You know, if you get a coach who's won a national championship, I mean, yeah. that's a home run higher yep. as far as I'm concerned. So.
0: And who has Baylor in the top ten regularly, and Baylor wasn't exactly known for their basketball lineage before he got there. No. And they had people murdering each other, literally, literally, when he showed up. So, this would be a yeah. cakewalk of a rebuild compared to that.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I would have Dusty May on the list as well, and I know Chris Beard. I know all that kind of stuff. The man, fact of the matter is, Chris Beard... Can flat out coach. coach. He took Texas Tech to the national title game a couple years ago. He's already made Ole Miss pretty good. So those would probably be the first three on the list. I didn't think of Porter Moser, but now that I think of Porter Moser, I don't think that would be a terrible hire. And I think that'd be one of those second tier kind of guys that I think would have success here. Yeah.
2: And I like, you mentioned Dusty May Taylor. I, I like him, but I'm just scared off of the IU stuff because he's basically still viewed in those circles as the heir apparent to the Indiana job once Woodson leaves. And whether that's, you know, three or four or five years from now. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean you could still make the argument, oh, once Dusty May gets here and he has success, why would you want to leave? But that's still the same thing. He's like Louisville's Jeff Brom football. He's from yeah. there he's from around the Bloomington area. He played at IU so he has that connection. So I certainly think um while he's a fantastic coach um, I'm wanting somebody. Whoever this is, um, I want to have sustained success. I want to have. I don't want to have interims. I don't want to have. You know what I mean. I don't want to have the the instability that this program has had for the last several years. Um, so um, I want I want some stability.
3: You don't want to be in the same position like three years from now, having to no. go hire another coach.
2: Yeah, and, you know you. you know I like having that comfortable fit. Of you know what you have and here's another year you know what you're going to get you know your offensive and g- defensive philosophies and you're ready to roll here uh just uh, a game of note florida state is now beating wake forest 59 53 josh nickelberry former <laughs> uh, louisville cardinal was at the line for florida state just a moment ago um Florida State eight and six two and one in the ACC Wake Forest 11 and three and a perfect three and0 oh, but you know I got 11 minutes to kind of turn things around here after their big win over Miami mm-hmm. and I don't know about you guys gentlemen but I watched a lot of that game super entertaining back and forth uh, yeah very, very much very so.
0: yeah that wake forest is a better team than people think And yeah. I know they're not playing too well tonight but that that's a team that's going to be a tough out in the ACC and you know, Florida State, as Ethan said earlier, that's the team that Louisville's going to beat. So apparently, we're going to get revenge for the uh, <laughs> uh-huh. ACC championship uh, game. That's uh, right.
3: There we go. It's so hard for me, and and I don't. I know you guys probably don't feel this way, but you know, basketball is is my second love in terms of sports. You know, football is my first love. I will watch any random Mac game on a Tuesday night, you know, i watch NFL games that my team's not even involved in. Like I just, I love football. Um, I enjoy basketball, but I enjoy basketball way more when Louisville is relevant. And it is so sure. difficult for me to even watch college basketball when Louisville is not relevant. Like it's, it's just not enjoyable for me. I don't know what it is. Because you feel like you're not a part of it. Yeah, I, 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 that's probably part of it. And, and so I'm just like... It's like Rudolph when he doesn't get to play in the
0: reindeer games. <laughs>
3: yeah, oh it's exactly it. But, it. but yeah, I it just it, it's, it's difficult for me to watch and enjoy college basketball as just a spectator when my team is so terrible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think... Taylor, you're in the same boat as many others. And I'm with you to a certain extent as well. Uh, but just when it's so cold and, and dreary outside, um, you know, I, I find myself watching basketball, then I just find myself longing for those days again hmm. of just, like, quality basketball, high-level play, entertaining games. You know what I mean? Having yeah. You know, like I, I long for the moment to where somebody – um, you know, drives to the lane, kicks it out, and you know that the guy on the perimeter that just caught the ball is going to make the three. Yeah. Like, when's the last time that we had that? I mean, maybe McMahon. It's been 84 like, years. Exactly, it feels that way. <laughs> um, something as we kind of wrap up the show, I'm going to get Gerald's take on this as well. It started making the rounds on the social medias this morning. Uh-oh. And that is with Michigan winning the national championship. <laughs> and of course, they're under... Um, NCA investigation for the sign stealing.
0: I th- I thought we were gonna um, go two hours without me having to remember that. <laughs> oh,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <gasps> I'm sorry. But but if you know, and again, the, this investigation, and I'm hoping that the the investigation finds um, uh, Michigan didn't do anything bad enough to to vacate their championship. Then I think now Louisville has. Um, some legal merit to restore the records and hang the banner. What say, what say you? Yeah. There's yeah,
0: precedence no precedence Now. Now my question is if Michigan gets their championship vacated, who do you think is going to be the current Michigan player that's sponsoring Mo- with Morgan and Morgan? Do you think it's going to be Blake Corm? You think it's JJ McCarthy? Who's talking oh, wait, Who is the most outstanding player? I think it was Corm, right? Yes. Yeah, so Blake Corm in about 10 years is going to do the, uh, I'm going to get my MVP trophy back with Morgan and Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I, so, yeah. I I think if Michigan gets their championship or gets to keep their championship, then why in the world would Louisville not be allowed to hang their banner up? Because Michigan, their cheating had something to do with their success on the field. Louisville, what they were accused of doing, had nothing to do with what actually happened on the court with the with the 2013
2: team. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and and that's what I and and that's you know that's something I'm going to be kind of paying attention to. Uh, because I, I really I really hope in my lifetime that the records are restored and the banner goes back up uh, because Louisville has won three national championships and it's been to ten Final Fours. And um, I know it means that we feel that way, uh, but I also, you know, once again, want, want the nation to remember that. And then at the end of the day um, – and you know, and, and we as fans that we point out the flaws on our team and program, you know, first before anybody else except um, our arch rival. Who, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed this Taylor, but <laughs> in our mentions every Bro, single time. All the there's time. something about and it's just like
3: All the time. What Why do you
2: care so much? <laughs> like you 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 ha, you're having your way with both sports, both main sports. Right. And it's like we, you you know you you're you're making fun you're attempting to make fun of something and to take a shot um at Louisville based on something that has nothing to do with your team um but I feel like is it me or do you, do you feel like there's been more people commenting more people in our mentions than ever before from the team up the road
3: Oh 100% 100% Now I I, I pissed them off last week but that's neither here nor there but
2: uh well i i am sorry that i missed it in real time but i am very proud of you for tweeting more and i wish you would tweet even more because you know you have takes like that you can get debates
3: that's fun. Yeah, it's great I, it makes people mad because i don't respond and i think people just want me to respond and i'm just like I, I, i'm not i'm reading your tweets and i'm laughing like i'm not yeah it's cute. I'm not gonna respond.
2: Do you ever do the thing where like you favorite
3: them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have done that a couple of times. I have yeah, done like, that a some times.
2: Somebody does it, but yeah, man. I mean, and, and just like the the gentleman that called in and he was like talking about uh, idiots, blah blah blah. I was yeah. like, okay, if you name call, then you've already lost. The then name. you're done, yeah. Because you're attacking the person, not the topic, and then that means that you don't have anything um, worthwhile. To state, um, to, to to defend your stance, and so that's that's disappointing. That's disappointing to hear. Um, but this is where we are um, with the with the basketball program. You're looking at uh, five and nine. Um, you know, already going to be down to ten losses this time of tomorrow night. Since we talked about, you looked at the schedule. There's not a whole lot of wins left. Again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Call my shot. Uh, I was right last year. I hope I'm right this year. We're gonna we're gonna be Florida State. <laughs> uh, I know Zach agrees. So you know, there's two of us at least. Um, and I do think um now, if if we told Pete Florida State or Georgia Tech <laughs> at home, then it, I mean, it's gonna look it's it's gonna be dire. Have but you
3: the seen the Have you seen the tweets where it's like, if you weren't riding with us when we were four and twenty eight, don't love me when we're five and twenty seven.
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I remember, but remember
2: those? Dude, remember the keep the same energy tweets? Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Keep 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 the same same energy energy when we're. Okay. Go
3: find another team to cheer for. Keep that same energy. We're waiting. Well, we're waiting. (laughs) If
0: you don't like us now, go root for somebody else. Right. I remember when some shows were blocking people from calling them because they didn't like what they had to say. I mean, it's just – it's
2: it's one of those things, man. And I hope to, like, kind of what Ty said in terms of, like, um, let, let, let's let everybody – let's let Josh hurt his job. And I hope to. And it's going to take some time. But I want Carnation – we need Card Nation United back as one again. I mean, we really yep. do, man. Um, and it's a uh, fractured fan base that, right now. It is. And I think it's going to take – it'll take some time. Um, and, you know, listen – um, and like we've said it before on lsl and on the post game shows uh they're just doing the the, uh, the updated acc net rankings uh y'all want to wager a guess on what louisville is oh god
3: 245 274
0: exact-
2: 262 mm.
0: winner winner uh no i went over yeah you went over I'm close uh.
2: um i think notre dame is like um, or the second team, I'm not sure exactly who that is is one eighty something so yikes, yeah, yikes, indeed. um but but back to my point, so you know you, you know when you're if you're if you're a staunch supporter um of kp that that's certainly your right to do that, you, yep, you can have that opinion. um, but you know, you're wrong at the end of the
3: day and, <laughs> but, I, I'm, not, I'm I'm not even. I wasn't I don't know where that was going but I didn't think that was where it was going it caught me so well, off guard.
0: It's okay for you to have that opinion but the it, I can't have that opinion because then we'd both be wrong.
2: Oh man. But no, but I'm not even saying that to be a, a, to be a wise guy. I know. I mean I'm not I'm just saying it's like it there there's no evidence to no. the contrary. No. I mean in in any facet um and let's let's move on. Um with the United Front, because th- this program needs it, the fan base is going to need it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no silver lining. There's nothing that you can point to, in any facet of the program, that would give you, you know, any rationale to, to want more of this. And so, and I'm hopeful too um, that you know, when when the time comes, uh, I think Ty and the caller, I believe it was, I don't know if it was Steve. That said that about, you know, maybe it's not as – the the ending is not as smooth based on kind of, you know, just based on KP statements about, you know, he doesn't really kind of feel like – yeah he doesn't at least appear, based on what he's saying, that things are as bad as they are. I, I, I'm just hopeful, surely, that at the end, I mean, if you're looking at, you know, winning six, seven, eight games, that, like, he's going to understand, like, the change is made, and it's not a difficult decision. Let's just try to come to an agreement and be on the same page going forward. Um, so, Texter we'll says see.
3: Uh, this won't happen. But if Kenny really loved the program, he'd walk away with a negotiated buyout. Otherwise, his legacy's totally gone here. What? Well, how do you think we're gonna remember Kenny Payne? Do you? Because th- I-, I tend to think there's gonna be two schools of thought here. There will be remembering Kenny Payne, the player. And then remembering Kenny Payne, the coach. Yeah, it gets And I gets think it's two separate things.
2: Well, yeah, I, I think, though, too, I think for me, if and, – and, and I'm going to operate under the assumption that they're going to come to an agreement and it's going to be fine. If that happens, uh, there's a negotiated settlement, there's nothing prolonging, moving on so Louisville can hire a coach, get talent in the portal, then I think um, – as as a couple seasons go go move along that Kenny Payne will be remembered for being a good player here.
0: Yeah. Being
2: a thousand point scorer, being a national champion, yep. being a first round NBA draft pick. Yep. If for some reason like the caller alluded to and, and there's some issues, then I think that's that's when it could get ugly because it's like, okay, this is what it is. Like you are what, ten and fifty whatever that's the record so at the end of the day that that's that's why we're, we're moving on and don't try to fight that just i mean that is the situation that that's we're faced with this is this is the data that we have to operate on so having said that let's move on let's not talk about um the cloud excuses let's not talk about the injury excuses let's look at um, the roster construction. That's why you didn't go out and shouldn't have gotten a Karan Davis, who was unproven, who you're not using. That's why you shouldn't have got Jovanovic, um, who, um, you know, I guess could be a, um, a decent role player in a couple of years. Like you don't get those two. You don't use those two scholarships to build your roster when you have to win in year two. Like you don't take flyers on people. And you did. And now you had both five-star five-star commitments um, not playing for you. And, you know, one, I could think you could blame partly on Kenny, and that is Trenton Flowers. Yep. Uh, for not having the foresight to see um, how his parents are and, and wanting to shop their kid around. Um, but then, obviously, you, you can't blame anything um, with on Kenny for, for Dennis Evans' medical issue. Uh, but then, but then you have two scholarships that are basically um, there's a void there. But then you have the other two um, with the five-star prospects not being able to to play either. So on top of that, I mean, you you, you know you you flip flopped on on making the portal a priority. So that is another issue as well. On down the line. Um so to answer to answer that question, I'm hopeful that we'll all get on the same page and it'll be a smooth transition on to a new coach. I'm really I'm really expecting that and I hope for all parties involved that's what happens.
3: I hope so too, because it's a difficult situation. This is what I said at the very beginning when Kenny Payne was first hired. I was like, you know what, I hope that it works. This isn't who I would have hired, but I hope that it works because there's nothing worse than being the athletic director that has to fire the alumni that's the head coach like that's just an you- awkward sticky situation it's great when it works and look at Jeff Brom it's great when it works but when it doesn't work it's a very awkward situation mm-hmm.
2: yeah and, and I think man to be honest with you it's been so bad that like I don't even like think about Kenny Payne as an alumni. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just like, we have to move on. We have to get a coach in here to get the program back to where we expected. Um, and I remember watching Kenny as a kid growing up. He was a fantastic player. Awesome jump shot. Um, again, a national champion. Uh, new, um, numerous Sweet 16 participant. He, he played uh, with Purvis on several really good Louisville basketball teams. And it's just, you know, I I hate the whole situation. Again, we all wanted this to work because that meant Louisville would be successful. And it hasn't, and it's unfortunate. But that'll do it for us tonight if you missed any portion of the show you can hit up that podcast we'll tweet that out here later on this evening. I will have you for the Coors Light Louisville basketball post game show tomorrow Taylor will have you on Saturday uh, for the Louisville basketball post game show so uh, feel free to interact with us on those platforms as well. Our thanks to everybody who called and texted and tweeted us. And also our thanks to Zachy C uh, for his hot takes and and keeping us on there. We appreciate it. Uh, And until next time,
3: go Cards, beat the Canes. Where do you go to
1: find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store.
3: Tired
0: of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?